Welcome back, ATL family, for our 10th message from the host, Volume X. Before we get into today's guest, I'd like to give a few shout outs and mentions. I'd like to thank Frontline Realty with DPD officers Wade Dews and Tyler Ramirez. They formed a program called Heroes Helping Heroes, and we formed a partnership with them, and they donated a percentage of their first responder sale to the ATO. They just sold their first house under this program, and at the clay shoot, they uh, awarded us a check for $3,300 at uh, our Kevin James clay shoot, and we want to thank you. Uh, give a shout-out to Willie Dobbs from Iowa for reaching out. We hear you. Congrats to Matt Janishek and Blair Caven for being awarded the Cedar Rapids PD Commendation of Valor for their actions on July 30th, 2022. I have a lot of people reach out to me um, through text, emails, uh, on the email that I created for this podcast. And I really, I, I post a lot of them on the social medias that we run. And some I just kind of keep, I kind of keep to myself or share amongst the group because they're kind of personal and, and I don't, I, I de-identify before I post. But I do want to give a shout out to Plano Officer Camry Payton, Jennifer Grantham. She reaches out all the time on Twitter and, um, she reached out after the Gordon Fulton episode uh, and how that impacted her. Chaplain James Campbell and Walter Bautista from Wichita PD. Your messages are very encouraging. It means a lot to me, and it fuels Kent and I to keep pushing these out. I want to give a special thanks to all the all that sponsored, volunteered, and participated in the Kevin James Clay shoot last week. And a very special thank you to Parker Owen for that sweet video. I'm ready to get into the uh, into the meat here on this message from the host. First, I want to talk about our um, guest co-host, ATO board member, active Dallas police officer Joe Mino. Joe, say hello. How are you doing? There's a reason Joe's involved with this because he's deeply involved with carrying the load. Actually, part of the relays. Joe, can you kind of tell the listener a little bit about about what you you know, but a little bit about yourself and your involvement with carrying the load? Sure. So um, I've been a Dallas police officer for 25 years. Um, prior to coming here, I was uh, in the Air Force as a police officer. Um, and then I actually joined the Navy Reserve, and I was also uh, a Master at Arms, which is a police officer. So um, when I actually found out about Carry the Load, I'm like, you know, you have an organization that supports um, first responders and military, I go, well, I mean, I, that's me. So, you know, I, I jumped right in. Fit it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be involved in the, in, in this year's uh, national relays. Yes. Okay. Can you kind of tell the listener a little bit about that? So the national relay, so carry the load does, um, you know, their, uh, may, uh, big may event and there's five national relays. They cover, um, 20,000 miles, uh, 48 states and over 30 days and they you know they walk with the flag and um you know they honor um you know the first responders and military that have uh, given their life so i'll be doing the uh new england relay and i'll be picking picking it up in nashville and i walk back to dallas with them how far is that i don't know i probably last year i did a hundred and like 37 miles that I actually walked. Um, you know, they zigzag all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, 
Sometimes I wake up in one state, or I start walking in one state, and then I wake up in another state. So, because you're on that bus, and you know, there's really no windows. <laughs> and there's sleep, intermittent sleeping. And, oh yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for doing that for us. Thanks for representing uh, ATO like you do. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it. My pleasure. All right. Go to introduce our uh, our guest. Today we're sitting with a true patriot. Is part of an organization that is committed to restoring the true meaning of Memorial Day. It was formed by Navy SEALs Clint Bruce and Steve Holly. Today, I'd like to welcome on the host of the Care of the Load podcast, Lessons from the Front, Todd Bodie. Todd, thanks for being on with us. Joe, I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. Yeah, we met at Cops Cop and yeah, hit it off, and here we are. I've been you know, Cops Cop was in January, into January, we've been trying to get something together, and all of us have our normal jobs. So well, you know, we're big-time podcasters. I mean, it's big hard time, to match the schedules up. Big-time podcasters. All right, can you tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, uh, your military background, and how you got involved with Carry the Load? You know, I, I, I try to just kind of sum it up as simply as I'm just a dude trying to be a dude. And what I mean by that is... Uh, you know, I'm a common guy. I'm a common guy who, who chose the path of, um, you know, serving in uniform, probably more out of um, necessity than anything else. Uh, so, you know, I ended up in, uh, you know, in the Marine Corps because I was, well, let's just say that the dean of my college called me in and said, hey, uh, Mr. Boating, I don't think we're ready for one another. Uh, that is a true story. And as a result, uh, I, I left and uh, ended up joining the Marine Corps. I uh, knew I needed some discipline, some structure, and I always had a great admiration um, and, and respect for those in uniform. And so it was just, it was kind of a natural calling to me in that regard. Um, so, you know, I'm born and raised in Dallas, so, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to me to, you know, to come and just walk into a Dallas police uh, uh, location and, you know, feel like I'm welcomed and not for the wrong reason. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm just a Dallas guy. Yeah, that could go either way with walking into a police uh, facility. Well, you know? and it has before, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Okay. That's why I bring that up. <laughs> hey, there was a time in my life that it could have <laughs> went down a different path. Um, so how did you get involved to carry the load? I got involved in carry the load because um, when I left the Marine Corps, you know, when you put on the uniform every day, you you have a true sense of purpose. There's no question mark about it. When you when you take off the uniform, you you lose that sense of purpose very quickly. I've got a buddy of mine that that recently left the Navy. I mean, he was you know he retired from the Navy, and he called me the other day, and he was he was very distraught, and it was really he was it was coming out through his observations and interactions in the civilian world and with civilian leadership. But what I tried to explain to him is, hey, this is normal. What you're going through is you've lost your sense of purpose a little bit. And so, um, you know, and we all go through it. You know, you, you guys, when you take off the uniform for the last time, you're going to go through it too. Um, and so carry the load kind of helped me restore that sense of purpose because it allowed me to be involved in something that was about the bigger picture. And I don't know that there is a bigger picture out there than, um, than an organization that reveres those who gave everything, never got to take off the uniform because they died in service for, for you and me. What is it about the uniform that inspires you and, and, and it speaks to you? I, I, I think that's a great question. The, 
the uniform to me is is symbolic i mean obviously some people don't you know wear the uniform every day i mean you guys aren't in uniform now but you know the the badge is your uniform and and so in the military the uniform was symbolic of uh of a greater sense of duty it's service above self it's putting others before your you know your own needs and and that really is basic human um interaction basic human behavior the majority of human beings if you really um you know force them to commit one way or the other are going to derive more satisfaction they're going to derive more um uh, fulfillment from helping others than just paying attention to themselves yeah that's one thing that really drew me um when ed luhan asked me if i want to be part of the ato i'd been you know helping with the organization for a little bit but getting involved with the advisory board now i'm up on the uh, I'm, I'm one of the board members and and i do the our podcast for the ato to keep, spread the message mm-hmm. uh, and we'll talk about that later but being a part of something and giving back and service uh and somebody asked me recently of um how i got into doing this and and in a wellness unit too is what I'm in and also just it's service it's given service helping your peers mm-hmm. and and your brotherhood as opposed to you know when you as a police officer and even in the military you're a lot of the people that you're protecting and helping are, are strangers to you you're protecting your brothers around you but your do your missions are usually for someone you'll never know or meet right. you know and but to help and, and I love helping people but when you help some of your peers and give back, and then whether it's through inspiration, financial assistance, or just being there to talk to, it means a lot more six months, a year later, when you see that person down the road doing better. You can kind of give them a knowing nod that, you know, you're, you're, you might have been a part of that. Yeah. It's, it's very inspiring to, to do something like that. Yeah, I think all you have to do is, is you know, again, keep it simple. Look at, um, you know, look at what happens on Christmas. As children, we love the gifts we receive. But as we get older, it's the ability to give a gift and, and derive that, that, that fulfillment, that pleasure from watching others benefit. And, you know, some of us, uh, I think, in society, unfortunately, lose touch with that. Um, those who are in uniform don't. And, you know, it may it may get washed out from time to time, but there's always something that will happen that will bring you back to that reality. That's a great analogy. Yeah, I mean, it's just I kind of again, I'm a simple guy. I'm just a dude trying to be a dude. And and that's that's how I look at it. I mean, my, my wife loves giving gifts. I mean. Now she gives me grief when I give her gifts because I'm not good at it, and so so I, I get a lot of satisfaction when I do get a good one. But she's really good at giving gifts because she's very thoughtful. She puts a lot of effort and thought absolutely. into it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. She buys her own gifts at Christmas now and just makes me wrap them. <laughs> puts from Todd. That's right, Todd's Santa Todd. So I want to talk about the history of the Care of the Load, mm-hmm. the, the organization. Can you can you tell the listener? I'm, you know, listen. Y'all have been around for a long time, very successful. There's a lot of people that know about you. But there's also, I think there's a lot of people that really don't understand the origins of it and the mission. Can you kind of tell the listener about that? Yeah, the, um, I mean, I'll take it a step further. We're, we're really trying to get, we're trying to really focus on Dallas. I mean, there are a lot of people in Dallas that are not familiar with Carry the Load. And that's, you know, as good of a job as we've done, shame on us for not being able to, you know, to, to get more champions of this cause out there. Carry the load, though, is about 
you know, restoring the true meaning of Memorial Day. On, on a larger level, it's about connecting the 99% who've never worn the uniform in any way to the 1% who have. And that's what's really, you know, kind of um, unfortunate to me is that, you know, we get a tremendous amount of gratitude by putting on the uniform and serving others. But getting back to, you know, the, uh, the true meaning of Memorial Day, it really, the history is, Clint Bruce, one of our founders, went to uh, essentially a backyard barbecue one year, and he saw everybody, uh, and this is for Memorial Day, and he saw everybody, you know, joking around, having a really good time, and, and not understanding why Memorial Day exists. Everybody looked at it as an opportunity to, you know, to get together, but no one was really paying any kind of reverence towards those who made the ultimate sacrifice, and he got tired of, of losing his buddies, and it seemed like no one cared. So he did what, um, you know, he just, he did what a lot of people would do. He put uh, a lot of people in the service. He put a pack on, he loaded it uh, with a pound for each friend that he'd lost. And he started humping around uh, uh, White Rock Lake. And as he comes around the corner, he sees this, this older gentleman, he had his earbuds in and, and just kind of off in his own world. And that, by the way, is because his wife, uh, Amy, who's a wonderful individual, saw the pain that he was experiencing and said, you need to get out of here before you hurt someone else, if not yourself. And so that's when he went and he got his pack on. And as he's coming around the lake, he sees this older gentleman sitting on the park bench. And this older gentleman, um, you know, World War II and Korean veterans have a certain look to them. You can, you can just tell. Um, and he recognized this in this gentleman right away. And the gentleman said something to him, but so he pulled out his earphones and he said, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't, I didn't understand what you said. And he said, who are you carrying? Mm. And that really kind of born the, the idea in his mind. As, and as he says, the tumblers fell into place because he realized that he was carrying the weight of those who never got to come home. They carried for us, and now it's our turn to carry for them. And that's what carry the load is all about. It doesn't mean that we can't that we can't have a good time on Memorial Day, but it's remembering why Memorial Day is there to begin with. And it really kind of morphed into, you know, it took us a while to understand the messaging as well. You know, I, the very first one I went to, I mean, I, I took beer. I'm like, you know, hey, we're, I'm going to get together with these, you know, with these other veterans and we're going to, you know, we're going to have a beer. It wasn't there yet, though. And the reason it wasn't there is because there was still so much healing that had to be done. And you can't truly celebrate the lives of others until you've healed. And so you watch some of these guys now who've been coming out to uh, carry the load for years and they're healed. I mean, it's a, it's a totally different atmosphere, but there's always some that have not gotten to that point. And those are the people that we're trying to connect with and bring in. And they'll get there eventually. It's just a, you got to have that connectivity with people that you trust or you at least have, you know, you they've yes. been in the trenches. You know they've been in the trenches. Uh, it's not Rick from HR coming and, and checking off a box and meeting with people. It's No, but it's it could peer. be, Joe. It could be. And, here, and here's what I mean by that. Here, okay. This is honestly, this is one of my favorite stories of, of Carry the Load because it was a, uh, it was a very personal story. But... Um, one year I surprised my, my mother with a storyboard of, uh, of her brother. 
And the storyboard for, you know, for listeners who aren't familiar, those are kind of like mobile headstones. It's, it's how we, it's how we remember to say the names of those who never got to take off the uniform. Well, you know, I'd always heard of my, in my uncle who, um, who was killed in May of 1968 in Vietnam, but I obviously I didn't know him. And so I said, well, you know, dad, I need your help. We're going to surprise mom this year. I, I had a headstone made for Corky. And my mom loves to go up on the trail uh, uh, at Reverchon and, and walk the trail and read the, the, the storyboards. And she's going from one to the next to the next. And lo and behold, she comes across her brother. And she let out this gasp. And then she started reading it. And she broke down in a way that I have never seen my mother before or since break down and cry. And I get emotional talking about this because I didn't realize the impact it had. Well, here's the, the story behind the story. So, yes, he was killed in May of, of 68. I was born in April of 69. When you do the math, you realize very quickly she never had time to heal. She went from, oh, my God, my brother's dead to, oh, my God, I have a child coming into this world. And I don't even know if I'm ready for that. And so watching her break down brought it all back to, to the main reason why we do this and why this is so important. And I thought, man, if this impacted my own mother like this with her brother, and it's been that long, I can only imagine what the families of the fallen who are still dealing with this just two and three years ago, what they're going through. It's a powerful scene out there. Just seeing the, just, it is a family event. At all of all, of all ages, you see that come out, and it's. Can you tell? Can you tell the listeners the dates? Um, yes, it it begins on the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, begins, I think the gates open at noon, if I'm not uh, mistaken. And you're right, it is a family event, uh, which I'd like to stress a little bit more here in just a minute. But then it goes through, um, it goes through uh, about noon on uh, Memorial Day. And we do that for a reason. Um, we do that for a reason because we want to come together as a community on Memorial Day. But then what we always try to do is encourage everyone, go be with your family today. Go be with your friends. And at 3 o'clock, that's the national moment of remembrance. Go do your backyard barbecues. Go do whatever it is you want to do. But at 3 o'clock, observe that one moment of silence to honor all of those who died because we matter. And, you know, a big part of the event is, you know, it's, it's all the way through the evening. And, you know, for, for anyone who has not been out there before, there's about at about two o'clock in the morning on Katy trail where all the headstone, the, or not the headstones, but the storyboards are. It's the most unbelievably surreal feeling you you may not believe in ghosts. You may not believe in spirits. But if you go out there at 2 o'clock, you'll feel them. You will absolutely feel them. And yes, we encourage the families to come out there, Joe, because this, this is not a veteran thing. This is an American thing. And we got, we got to start teaching our kids a better job of, of what it means to be a patriot. And the true meaning of Memorial Day. Yes, I mean, absolutely. Because every one of those storyboards... There is a spider web of a story behind everyone. Correct. It's like your mother with with her brother and your uncle. You know, it's every one of them 
Every one of those storyboards has some sort of connectivity that touched many lives. Didn't he have to be friends, family, people they may have helped? You know, there's there's such a and and there and there's everything's so symbiotic in in, in the is. way we connect. It it is, and you know, we were talking about wellness earlier, um, and it, you know, one of the things people just don't understand whether it's through. Um, regardless, when someone leaves this earth, the impact that their, that their death has doesn't matter how it just, when they're gone, the impact and the ripple effect is, is so profound. And you're right. There's a, there's a web of stories behind each one of those and all the people that are impacted as a result of that, that storyboard you're reading those words on a, you know, on a board, it's, it's immeasurable. So can you tell the, um, you, you know, we were talking offline. We met at Cops Cop, mm-hmm. and we started talking about the Care of the Load podcast. Right. Can you get into that and tell the listener about it and, and your mission on it? Yes. Um, so it actually started as a book idea. Um, and it was it was kind of my own version of, what I, of the story I told about Clint um, in that, you know, I, I got a little frustrated because I saw a lot of individuals writing books that were, you know, 101 lessons I learned on the battlefield and, you know, my experience. And, and I thought, you know, I don't like, I don't like a lot of those books because I think they're, they're very, um, they're very egocentric. And the reality is that every one of us sitting here at this table, Maybe we don't have a story that can be turned into a book, but we got a story that belongs in a book. We've got a story that someone is going to learn a lesson from. Someone can benefit from that story. So I started interviewing people and and, uh, gathering these stories. And, you know, the first one was uh, a guy who uh, who's also a very good friend of Carry the Load. And he tells a story of how he got into a fight with an IED and he won uh, and an IED being, a, you know, a, a roadside bomb. But he basically was launched, um, you know, about 30 feet through the air, landed, um, wakes up fully conscious through the whole thing, wakes up, sees all of his squad around him. And the first thing that comes to mind is who's got the perimeter? And the lesson that jumps into my head is, oh yeah, when bad things happen, things don't stop. It's not static. It's a dynamic environment. It keeps going. So yeah, you, the bad guys are still out there and you still, and y'all experience this obviously in the police force. If somebody gets hurt, crime doesn't stop. So that was the, the lesson that I took away from it. So I started interviewing people and then I, I'm talking to um, this one guy who's actually Air Force, tells a story that was extremely emotional. And this was as a pilot, a cargo pilot. And we walk out and I say, he says, is that what you were looking for? I said, man, that's exactly what I was looking for. And he goes, good, because that was really therapeutic for me. And I went, man, people don't need to read my version of this. They need to hear the actual stories. And so that set off on this on this crusade of, of um trying to pretend like I knew what I was doing as a podcaster and talking to people and, you know, being, you know, my best Mike Wallace on, uh, 
that's probably not the best example for 60 minutes, but, you know, trying to do my own interviews and, and, and get into the, the meat of the story. But the bottom line is, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really good lessons that every one of us who served in uniform can teach somebody else. The biggest difference is our stories are typically life and death versus no stakes in the game. And so, you know, setting out to, to tell those stories is what I've, I've tried to do. But again, like we talked about, it's probably more for the benefit of those telling the stories a lot of times. Yeah, it is therapeutic. It's therapeutic for me to sit with an individual and, and get their story and see, and you just feel the energy. I mean, it really is. And I have been extremely lucky uh, since I've been doing this uh, podcast and I've had amazing guests. They've carried they've carried the show, and that's what that's what it's designed for. Absolutely, I'm, I'm no you know, I'm just kind of yeah, a. No, light, I feel like I'm yeah. talking way too much behind a microphone no, today. No, no, you're great. No, because no. <laughs> I'm used it, to being on your side. The roles are reversed. The, the, you just want to keep a light hand on the steering wheel and nudge them. And I've been lucky to get some amazing stories and very deep and heartbreaking stories. And some people tell their stories about the worst day of their life yes. or multiple days of their life that 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 haunt haunt them haunt their family, haunt their friends. And it's therapeutic for me in a lot of ways, but your podcast is touching people out there that you don't even know. You don't, you don't, you don't know who's listening. You don't, you'll never know of how many people have heard somebody's story. They may listen to 10 stories. Okay. That's a good story. That's cool. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I could take some life skills away from what this individual said, but one, that one resonates Yes. With, with somebody you may never know Todd no you don't and, and honestly there are times when I go oh man I don't know if I can get to this and, and but then just for the reasons that you're talking about you, you kind of you say you know what I've had enough people reach out to me and say thank you I've had enough people reach out to me and say that this was really neat for me to hear and it, and it, it, it was exactly what I needed that day to where, yeah, I feel like I got to keep going, you know. Yeah, it definitely is fuel and motivation because, um, you know, everything has a shelf life. And it's... it Even us. Even us. And doing these kind of shows, it, it's it's exhausting some days. It, you're like a sponge. When you're sitting there with a guest, you really are like a sponge. And you're taking in a lot of energy. And the days that I record, especially on emotional ones, and especially on emotional ones of somebody that I'm friends with... Man, I go home and it's like I took a Benadryl and I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm flat out mentally and physically exhausted, but I wake up the next day and, you know, the ball keeps bouncing, yeah. work keeps bouncing, and then you got to edit these things. And then, you know, there's there's a lot of behind the scene things, as you know, that, that go into these, uh, to these stories. And I always want everybody that shows up and sits down with us to, to feel they got respect they were their story is their story how they want it presented and in mm-hmm. in you know they i want them to feel like a part of the family it's important that we humanize that which is very easy to be dehumanized um you know and unfortunately that's what i feel like happens a lot in in the world of policing as a matter of fact you know you guys are you know, all the, the, the defund the police, that's, that's, you're taking the human element out of that. And it's so important to humanize that, which again, sometimes we, we forget to humanize it. We try to take the humans out of it and you can't. 
you can't take the human emotion out. People don't realize how emotional um, the first responder and military jobs are. I mean, the the grief that that military has to deal with. Of, you well, know. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna trump you there a little bit to be honest with you. And um, you know, Frederick Fraser actually um, at our very first carry the load nonprofit partner event. Mm-hmm. We're all talking about the state of mental health inside of, you know, the military and, and all the suicides that were just really ramping up. And he kind of very subtly raised his hand. And I know that's hard to believe with Frederick that he subtly did Subtle. anything, but he kind of kind of raised his hand and said, I don't think y'all understand. OK, you got these guys that are dealing with PTS out of the military, but then they come right into the to the police force. And now they're in a 4D war and, you know, four dimensional warfare, and they've never dealt with it. And so you guys, and, and I, I think that's what a lot of people need to understand. Y- y'all don't, y'all don't have the ability to get away from it. No, not till you retire. And then you're still carrying a head full of trauma. And, you, you know, and that's why, that's why now Dallas PD and other, other, departments across the country are trying to do something to help it nothing is perfect i mean and what we what we experience and people that go in military joe i mean you come back over and you do this job for 20 30 years and you're stacking on it's cumulative you're just stacking on more trauma and experience it's scar tissue yes on top of scar tissue and we're trying our best to at least try to equip people with tools as opposed to just bury it compartmentalize it drink you know i mean we're trying to give officers better tools to move forward so they can have something after they're done well we're we're talking about it in ways that we've never talked about it before and that's a good thing now like everything we can take it too far because there there is a certain there is a certain amount of scar tissue that's important I mean, it allows you to compartmentalize things in, in a way to get your job done. Um, and so, you know, we just have to be able to kind of keep this in our in our sights without overdoing it and taking it too far. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've, I've talked to I've been fortunate to talk to a few of your, um, uh, you know, a few of your, your folks on the police force. Um, you know, Chief Garcia was one of them. That yep. was a great interview. Demarcus Turner. Um, and Frederick Frazier, I mean, all just it, every time I talk to guys from the police force, I get a different perspective of what y'all you know deal with. And one of the things that carry the load is really into, we used to have a lot of veterans who got really upset with us because we included, uh, first responders in you know, uh, uh, in carry the load and in Memorial May and all that good stuff. And Clint did a really good job of, of putting in perspective when he would tell these guys, you would not have gone overseas to do what you did if you could not count on those here at home protecting our streets. You would not have done that in good conscience and just left your family. And so that was really that that partnership if you will now memorial day is about is about the veterans but everything leading up to that it's about all of us and it's so important that you know that we maintain that partnership because that's what it is i like how you put that that 
there's somebody that had to remain home to hold the line. Absolutely. You went out and, and, and towed the other lines. and Absolutely. And, th- and that's what our first responders do. What kind of future projects do y'all have going? Um, so carry the load right now. Our, our big um, focus this year is carry the flag. Now, Carry the Flag is, um, it's been around for for a few years, and and this really goes back to a conversation that, um, you know, that Stephen Holly, uh, the other co-founder, and I had. Um, Actually, the way I said that sounded like I was naming myself a co-founder, not me. Um, But but Stephen uh, and I talked about the importance of um, making sure that our youth understand what it truly means to be a patriot. And, um, you know, what we realized with Carry the Load early on is that it's not that people didn't care about uh, Memorial Day. They do. But if they don't know how to care, you know, it's kind of like good leaders. Okay. You can't be mad at somebody for not being a good leader if no one's ever shown them how to be a leader. And so um, that's kind of what we're, we're trying to do with Carry the Flag is make sure that, that the children especially know what it means to be a patriot doesn't mean you have to put on the uniform it means you have to be patriotic which is a much deeper conversation but that that's our biggest um push right now is getting the next generation involved i love it uh where can they find your podcast um they can go to carrytheload.org and it is on there um lessons from the front is on um you know, it's on YouTube. It's on the major. Uh, I listen um, on Apple. On Apple. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm I like to watch things because I like to see mm-hmm. people's reactions. So I'm one of those guys who's a, a more visual, um, and so that's why I say it is on YouTube as well. But uh, yeah, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. How do you? Uh, I'm gonna ask. Get into the the video question. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the video? Because I've had other people that have reached out wanting us to do video interviews and you know and and there's a lot of people that i know would not want to especially when the level of motion Mm -hmm. that comes out on some of them and you know there's just a lot of people don't want to be caught how do you feel about it i've never had somebody tell me that you know that they wouldn't do an interview on camera um and i mean i've had some you know some large grown men cry Mm -hmm. um it's you know again that's that's okay you know, and I think that's what we're trying to get across, you know, to, to people is it doesn't make you less of a man because you shed a tear. Right. Um, you know, I like the visual because, I mean, there, there, there's times when I'll listen, but there's times where I like to just sit down and, and kind of watch and read people's body language because that to me tells a story behind a story. We read the body language in here when we do the episodes and it's, it's real interesting to watch somebody when you're you know, kind of leading up to a critical incident and everything's loose and it's casual. But then when you see some of them start talking about a shooting they were in or, or they answered a call with a, a, a dead body or an infant, the, the mannerisms change. Yes. The, the focus changes, the handshake, uh, the, and sometimes you'll see people kind of mimicking what they did. Like if they, if they had a firearm, you'll see them, with their hands moving their hands like they did the day that it happened it's real interesting um to watch mm-hmm. that and then when that part's over it's a, it kind of slows back down but it is fascinating to 
to watch the yeah, human the, inter, you know reaction to it yeah the human behavior side of things kind of takes you back to that moment yeah and um you know i mean i had one guy who was a he was a contractor actually over in uh uh in iraq and and the marine unit that he was with they were looking for a specific bad guy and they came across a torture room and when he was walking me through everything that happened in the torture room he was he could he went back there to the point where he was smelling the smells again and um you know i mean you want to talk about dehumanization holy cow but yeah that's that's why you know i i, I think some people they want to see that you know what that really means they can imagine it but if they can see it right it allows them to go to another level if, if we ever do go with video we got to start wearing pants on these. Yeah, we'll have to put our pants on for the if we do video. Yeah, but. I was I was a little curious about that when I came in today. Yeah, you got well, great legs though. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> a little chilly. Um, so I was reading since 2011, Cure the Load has raised over 38 million, and 93 percent goes to the organization. Well, that's astounding. Well, yeah, it goes to the programs. Right. It goes to the programs. And, and that number, it, we're very, very proud of that number. And, and the staff that we have, I mean, it's a it's a skeleton staff and they do so much. And, you know, Debbie Wright, uh, our executive director and, and, you know, the team she's assembled and they just... Honestly, they take me back to my Marine Corps days and, and, you know, it was always a point of pride for us to do so much with so little. And that's kind of what I feel our, our team does. And then to, you know, 93, 94 cents of every dollar going to the programs rather than, you know, we, we everything's organic for us. And But the good thing is, too, though, it's a, it's a movement, okay? This isn't just a charity. This is a movement to make sure that people understand what Memorial Day is intended to to be and when you have a movement like this you know as, as joe was talking about earlier the fuel becomes the champions of the uh you know of the movement and they're out there doing a lot of the work so we don't we don't need the overhead that you know some organizations that will remain nameless do so yeah we won't talk about them no <laughs> there's plenty of them out there there are plenty it is a movement it's a symbol of what this country is and and what this country is about going back to its roots and mm -hmm. and and there has been service going back to our origins of this country and this is a this is the way we remember them and and and, and carry them carry their memory forever yeah yeah it's a um it's it's the sense of belonging though to a tribe like this i think is what's really you know, important. I think that's why so many people, I mean, I've, I've, you know, we've had people coming for, you know, 12 years now and, and, um, you know, Joe, you've seen it out on the relay. Um, it becomes a community, you know, and I mean, there's a reason why, um, the vast majority of America of Americans, uh, or the population of the world live in close proximity to one another. Cause we need that interaction. You know, that's, that's a, a common human, you know, behavior. So, um, you know, seeing it boiled down into carry the load, which has such a meaning for those that we honor is it's just, I mean, it's, it's humbling to be a part of it. I think it's a perfect way to wrap it up. Todd, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. And I know carry the loads ramping up. I'm actually, uh, when I get 
done with this. I'm going to go downstairs and Randy's going to help me uh, get my the, uh, the podcast Facebook going for Carry the Load. Awesome. Yes. So please listen to Lessons from the Front with Todd Bowden. Hear their incredible stories uh, on all streaming platforms, YouTube, if you want to... Uh, if you want to see his handsome face, because I've been sitting here <laughs> staring into his eyes the, the past half hour. This is getting it's, weird, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it always does. <laughs> ATL family, until next time.